Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Sirak joins me. We put a period on Cards Camp 2022. What stood out? Who stood out? What questions do we still have? Also, we'll get everyone ready for preseason game number two, national TV alternate black helmets. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 582, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed him. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealu. So this is fitting. We began training camp with Danny. We end training camp with Danny here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. I didn't so, realize that. Yes. Was I that keep track of these things. Start with okay. the best, end with the best? Yes. Because you're here, yes. That's how exactly Ooh. how I planned it. Yes. Okay, I'll take Does that it. work? Sure. Okay. Your first full official Arizona Cardinals training camp here at State Farm Stadium. We can go back and forth on some of the takeaways, but overall, how did things go for you and just logistically and the amount of work that was put in not only by the players, but hey, we put in work as well. I think our, our content team as a whole put out some really great work. Um, I think that the work that we put out was quality work as well, especially because some of these days seem so tedious when you're here in practices and if they're not in pads and still finding things to see on the field and, and find takeaways in those practices and put out quality content through podcasts and radio shows and videos and articles and all that stuff. I had a really great first camp here. We still have another week in Tennessee, uh, but at least here at State Farm Stadium was really great. I like that we were indoors. It was really fun when we had those open practices for the fans, the red and white practice. So overall, very happy with my first camp. I'm glad you said there's still a week to go. DJ Humphrey said part two is coming up next week in Tennessee. Devon Kennard on Friday mentioned, yeah, it's, yeah, camp is ending, but we still have another week, but it's going to be a different week and one that this team has not done for a while. We can get to that in a moment. But when you talk about the 17 practices, whether it was open practices or closed to the me- closed to the public but open to the media, I thought this was – I know Kingsbury King's bringing up competitive, but I thought this was a little bit more physical. And you brought it up early on in training camp, the over-exaggeration, the celebrations when a defensive play was made or an offensive play was made, not only competition within the position rooms, but offense versus defense. Yeah, and I think that's fun to see. That's kind of what I think you would want in camp is you want to see the confidence, you want to see these position groups build that camaraderie hype each other up, especially those young players really trying to earn a spot, you know, letting them know they've done a good job, celebrating that, you know, kind of amping up. If, if you're on offense and, you know, you get picked off because you didn't catch the ball or you didn't run the right route, then, you know, hopefully that motivates you and you learn and you get better. But I, I thought at least from my perspective on the sideline, not in the hustle and bustle of it all, it was pretty fun to see. A little bit more dust-ups than I've seen at a Cardinals training camp. I've made no secret about it here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Will Hernandez is now among my new favorite Arizona Cardinals players, just to the fact that he stood up and stood toe-to-toe with J.J. Watt, among others. But we did see some pushing, some shoving. There were some 
blows thrown as well, which I never understand because guys are wearing helmets. But I think over the course of four weeks, that's going to happen a time or two. Yeah, absolutely. And and it was interesting. That happened the first pad of practice. <laughs> and then it was the first couple of practices. And then there really weren't – there was one or two here and there afterwards. And, you know, head coach Cliff Kingsbury made it clear that that is not something they had time for. There are too many players – who really need those reps in practice, and that's just a waste of everybody's time. That's going to happen, right? Like you put your pads on for the first time yeah. in a while, and you got all this energy and this juice, and somebody might hold you a little bit longer, say something to make you snap, and it's pretty normal. It will be interesting to see in Tennessee against the Titans, especially because around the league, a lot of these joint practices have been getting very physical. Kingsbury said him and Titans head coach Mike Vrabel have agreed that they do not want to you know, wear each other out, wear their teams out. Uh, but this is the, the big takeaway you want to get from these joint practices is the speed of the game and the intensity of the game. And we're going to see a lot of those starters having the, that intense, having those intense practices with the Titans starter. So it's going to be very different than a lot of the practices we've seen here at State Farm Stadium. Two days of joint practices, Wednesday and Thursday. Kingsbury mentioned that there might not be as much one on, not one-on-one, on one, but as much live situation to try to avoid some of that back and forth, some of the pushing and shoving. But I, I am curious because I do think the one-on-ones, wide receiver, cornerback, safeties, offensive line, defensive line, running back, edge rushers as far as pass protection, I do think that's important. But whether we get the 11-on-11, Two minutes goal line situation. That is when I think the that's what you're seeing a lot of these problems across the league. Problems in terms of oh, like as, teams as far getting, as we, teams getting heated yeah. and it. I mean, there was one was it the Panthers and uh, Patriots where it spills into the stands. I mm-hmm. mean, where it gets that physical and that quote unquote violent, if you will. But you want to avoid that. Yet those two practices might be the most important practices of this entire ramp up to the regular season because. You're not going to see the starters in the preseason. But those two days against quality competition, against the ones, you're going to see, I hope, that competitive and getting physical but not crossing that line. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the scary part, isn't it, is you get this far into training camp, hopefully with so many of your starters clean and healthy, and you obviously want them to practice. They want to practice and have that intensity. But – it's a little scary, right? The idea of Kyler Murray being back there and if these practices get as heated as some of the other teams, I mean, that's kind of a scary thought, right? I would hope that he stays within the pocket and doesn't try to run or prove himself because, yeah, the quarterback, you that's you cannot touch the quarterback. Right. So I, I will say I feel like teams have an under, enough of respect and understanding of that. Like they're, they know they're not playing a game. I think it's more in the trenches yes. kind of deal. Um, but – it will be interesting to see. Hopefully everyone comes away healthy. Everyone is saying the right things right now. We'll see what happens when we get to Tennessee for those two days on Wednesday and Thursday. All right, let's go back here to Cards Camp, powered by Cox, as far as players that had good camps, players that might have helped themselves, not not only making the roster, but maybe, maybe, maybe making an impact within this team as far as starter, backup, role player, I think there were a handful of players, Dan, that you could say, yeah, these 17 days of practices plus walkthroughs, 
they made their mark. Yeah, I think when you look at the offense, Greg Dortch stands out to me, not just having good practices as a wide receiver, but also on special teams. We know that the expanded role that Rondell Moore is expected to have, he will not be returning as much as he did last year. And so a player like Dortch who can fill in in multiple roles, I think that's really important. I think he had a good camp. And I also think the two rookie offensive linemen, Marquise Hayes, who's played a lot of left guard, and Lasita Smith, who's been playing center, which he had no experience prior to becoming an Arizona Cardinal, have looked good, have gotten a lot of good reps in with the number twos, um, have received a lot of praise from their coaches and from their veteran offensive linemen. So I think that they have had good camps of showing that they have the potential to really have depth on that offensive line and play a role. And maybe that comes later on in the season. Maybe it's more of a situation where they get a really good first year and they start to play a bigger role next year. But those two names have stood out to me, or I guess those three names on offense. But when I look on defense, it's cornerback Antonio Hamilton, who has played well. However, last season it was Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson as your starting corners. And it seems that Antonio Hamilton has earned that starting role with Byron Murphy. Um, I'm not sure it's as much as Marco had a drop-off heading into year two as much as Hamilton really just had a big leap this year. And head coach Cliff Kingsbury has praised him multiple times and has kind of insinuated that this is now his his role to lose as the starting cornerback. So that's kind of been a surprise. But Hamilton has been a player on defense who's, who stood out this camp. Kingsbury on Friday after practice, the last one at State Farm Stadium, asked – just broad-based, you know, who who stood out in camp. And the first name he mentioned, in fact, the only name that he mentioned was Antonio Hamilton. Quote, he has continued to ascend and taken over that number two spot for now. And we talked when we heard Cliff mention about Marco Wilson, the jury is still out. He's in the mix. How much of that was coach speak? How much of that trying to motivate Marco Wilson, who as a fourth-round pick a year ago came in and probably played more than anticipated, at least going into training camp, but then performed so well that he earned that right to be on the football field. Now coming into year two, did he need a little bit more of that motivation? Did he come in just assuming that he was going to be the guy opposite Byron Murphy? Or was there something in the middle? Marco Wilson not quite living up to the standard that the coaches had set, plus Antonio Hamilton just having such a great camp that, hey, maybe we are in a better situation at this position because Hamilton has played so well. When we first heard Kingsbury mention this at cornerback with Marco Wilson, I I thought it was more of what you said to start that, of it's probably more of maybe Wilson was just coming in, assuming that he had that, hadn't, you know, just – he still needed to earn that spot. But now I think it might be less of that and more of just Hamilton really playing that well. That, that, that's what I've kind of shifted my mindset to. I don't know that we will ever know the truth behind that. Uh, but that's kind of where I'm at right now is maybe it's a little bit of both. I really think this is a lot of we, – we've seen it at practice. Hamilton has looked really good. He has made a lot of plays. So that's why I think that it might be more of that as opposed to Marco Wilson came in with a big head. He wasn't ready. He wasn't studying the playbook. I see this more now as it's developed as Antonio Hamilton has just been that good. And Hamilton plays with that physicality, and he's not afraid to speak. And if you're going to speak and chirp, you got to be able to back it up. Otherwise, it means absolutely nothing. Now, 
I do still think that cornerback is a position that this team will look to add, whether it's a veteran or someone else, just to – Byron Murphy is set. I do believe Marco Wilson is set, whether that's two, three, or four, but he is making this team. Antonio Hamilton is making this team. So there's three right there, but you need more than three. Can Christian Matthew, as a seventh-round pick, who has flashed specifically against the Bengals in that preseason opener, now can he do it again Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens? It's a lot to ask for a seventh-round pick, or does there some, need to be someone else brought in? I do think there will be an addition. I just, I actually thought it would have happened already, <laughs> but patience from that front office, and maybe we'll see it later on. I mean, maybe it'll happen as teams start to make those cuts to the final weeks of the preseason. I think it's more likely you get past the first week of the regular season and kind of see how things shake out from there before they bring in a veteran cornerback. Because if you sign a veteran post week one, then the contract isn't guaranteed. And that's something that kind of fans lose sight of when you're talking about, hey, what are you doing to prove your team? Yet there's some other aspects. There's a business side. There's a budget. Yes, there's the business side of the game as well. We bring up Christian Matthew and the rookie draft class overall. And I'd have to go back and look because this might be the first year that I think, at least under Kingsbury, that the entire draft class makes the team. And I say that not going out on a limb, but I'm fairly confident that everyone that was drafted will make the team. Trey McBride, your second-round pick, he's making the team. Your two third-round edge rushers are making the team. Jesse Lucchetta has played well enough, even though he's a seventh-round pick, plays well on special teams. I do think he's done enough to make this team. We talked about Christian Matthew. And then the two offensive linemen, day three picks, but Lucita Smith is one snap away from being your backup center, depending on what happens with Rodney Hudson. And Marquise Hayes has certainly been talked a lot about recently just because of the physicality that he plays with it would not be a stretch to see all of those players make the team and whether they make a contribution this year but something that we can look forward to maybe later in the year and certainly in the coming seasons it is very very interesting I mean props to this front office and the scouts that have worked hard all year for that draft class I mean look I know it's early to say that but you're right the the way things are trending it looks like this entire draft class has a good chance to make it now you're you may, maybe a player or two ends up on the practice squad but that's probably more so just numbers in, and i'm in, thinking in a Keontae ingram because it's yes, the running back position right because you have so many running backs right now that you can use right now as opposed to a player that still has room for so much growth um but yeah all these players like at some point have received praise not even prompted from a player or a coach which has been the good. That's what you want. I like the fact that Marquise Hayes really was, I wouldn't say an afterthought, but I was not paying attention to him early in camp. And then as more of the veteran offensive linemen started getting some vet days off, and then you notice, wait, 78's out there and not some other number. Well, 78 is Marquise Hayes. and That's a big body to be playing inside. And if he can – Tone it down a little bit as far as just maybe after the whistle stuff, but work on his footwork and then being able to move bodies, which we heard from a number of different players slash coaches that he has that ability. And we know the interior pressure up the middle against this Cardinals offensive line. You need to be able to shore that up. Again, whether it happens this season or next season, because we know the tenuous 
situation at O-line when you talk about guys under contract for next season or beyond this year. Uh, I'm intrigued by Marquise Hayes. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not only just Marquise Hayes, right, but this is now where we're finally going to get to see Josh Jones as a tackle, which is what he was comfortable with. He was just, you know, the team said he was a good athlete, that they were trying him out at guard, which, you know, wasn't comfortable for him. So right now he's fighting for that swing tackle spot against Josh Miles. But but that's something, too, I think that we've kind of lost of remembering to keep an eye on is we have been talking all, oh, last year, oh, Josh Jones, like he he is a tackle. Like that that's what he should be doing. But it's hard when, you know, you've got Calvin Beecham, who's playing really well on the right side, and EJ Humphreys, who's playing really well on the left side. So now that they've decided Josh Jones, after signing Will Hernandez to be your right guard, that Josh Jones can really focus on being a swing tackle and earn that role, that's something, too, to, to kind of keep our eye on. And he'll get another opportunity coming up on Sunday, the preseason, second one of the preseason. First one, though, at State Farm Stadium. Five o'clock is the kickoff, One thirty. Or excuse me. Yeah, 1.30 is the pregame here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network, and we talk about that Sunday preseason game against the Ravens, one national television, plus black helmets. I mean, under the They're lights. They're going to look so good. They've looked good in practice, too. Yeah. Yeah, from afar, I could see people, you know, online saying they look like the Falcons, but I promise up close they don't. They've got a hint of red and a little bit of a sparkle in the way the light hits them, and they are sleek. I really like them. I think they're going to look great. So two thumbs up from Danny Sarek. Two thumbs up. We will see Trey McBride. That's probably the one big difference from last week in Cincinnati to this week against the Ravens as far as who plays, who doesn't. Trey McBride will play. That was made clear by the head coach. Well, he's dealing with the back. Yes. So I do think they want to see him get some reps, whether or not we see Will Hernandez again. He's been dealing with an ankle injury, just kept him out of the last practice on Thursday. Zayvon Collins, Marco Wilson, I'm not sure if we'll see much of Dennis Gardeck. I think he looked good against the Bengals. But Zayvon Collins and Marco Wilson, those guys, and I didn't think Zayvon played poorly. He didn't stand out, but I don't think it was a poor performance. Marco Wilson, you can say, was a poor performance against the Bengals. Limited snaps, yes. But those two, I think the spotlight is going to be on them on Sunday. Yeah, and that's when it's time to step up. You know, it doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, it matters how you've practiced and had training camp at this point. But even though it's a preseason game, it's still a game. And you got to go and you got to show that, you know, you're capable and you deserve a spot on that final roster, even if you're not a rookie. Anyone else you think that needs to have a, a big game or a big performance when you look at the upside-down depth chart and see that, you know, Kyler Murray is your fourth-string quarterback. Trace McSorley will start. We'll see Jarek Garantano. Once again, I think they're going to split halves. Colt McCoy hasn't thrown in, I think, more than a week because of arm soreness. That might be a little bit of a concern for me if that goes into next week and the week after that. But there are some players that certainly – if you will, are on the bubble, so to speak. I, I wouldn't say that rookie running back Keonta Ingram is on the bubble at all. However, I do think it is important for him to have really great last two preseason games because that running back's room is so full. So it seems like the likely solution would be to keep four running backs on the active roster and put Ingram on the practice squad. However, then you're risking another team poaching him. So if you're scared of that, and you really like Ingram and you want him to be on, like he needs to have those great two games. And then you have to decide, is that something where you're letting go or maybe finding a trade for a Jonathan Ward, who is really great on special teams or an Eno Benjamin. I still think that Keonta Ingram will probably end up on the practice squad, but that, that could be 
a little twist of if he really just shines these last two preseason games, could really change that running back's room. I'm glad you made the distinction as far as on the bubble versus just the talent in that particular position room is so good that you can't keep all five. Right. I know there's been some discussion, the possibility. Yeah, there's a, sure, there's a chance. But I put that chance like at 10% or less. I just – Based off what you need at offensive line, Wide cornerback, receiver with D Hop out, and the edge rusher, I cannot see going heavy at running back when typically Cliff only plays one running back at a time. How many two back sets are we going to see? Now, Jeff Rogers' voice in that meeting, if you will, as Ron Wolfley likes to say, get around the rec table, rectangle, and figure out all right who makes the team who doesn't. How much does Jeff Rogers stand on that table and say, yeah, I need Jonathan Ward on this team. I need Eno Benjamin on this team because I'm in agreement with you. If you're looking at those five names, who is the more likely to clear waivers so you can get back on the practice squad? It would be a sixth-round running back who has very little tape in the National Football League. Right. So I'll say that that's just kind of a player that, again, not that he's on the bubble of being cut, but – it's become an interesting position group to watch. I like it. You're quoting Cliff now. Am I? We'll see. We'll see. It's his favorite two-word phrase. We'll see. Day by day. Never never committing too much is the head coach. By the way, concerns. I mean, the one big thing, and we're not a concern, but no serious injuries as I knock on wood. I mean, the only real serious one that comes to mind is Antoine Wesley. And whether it's a groin slash hip, that's what we're saying. No surgery yet. Hasn't been ruled out, but... For someone who has not practiced for a while, he's at every single practice, encouraging his teammates, throwing the ball around. So, But he's the only one that's really missed significant time with an injury. Yeah, Marcus Golden's dealing with the toe, Rodney Hudson with the knee, but doesn't seem like a lot of concern with either one of those players. It doesn't seem – there. Are, there's a good amount of starters dinged up a little bit, right? Justin Murray with the foot, Zach Ertz with the calf. Um now, Kingsbury hasn't seen concerned about those for the long term. We still have, what, three or four weeks from this point of three weeks till the, September 11, till yeah. the home opener. So there, there is still time, right? Colt McCoy's throwing arm has been sore for a good amount of time at this point. So I'm not concerned quite yet. I think once we get past Tennessee, that will be pretty telling. Um, but this is normal at this point for, for players to get, you know, not banged up, but, you know, just nicks and bruises here and there early on in training camp. Rodney Hudson has practiced twice since training camp began. Now, typically that would signal a concern, but when you talk about a Hudson or even a Colt McCoy or a Marcus Golden, guys that have been in the league, heck, J.J. Watt didn't practice at all last training camp and came out, and his numbers weren't great, but he was – a factor in those first seven games that he played. There are some players on this team that just don't need it, and I would include Zach Ertz. And there are the you know the chemistry between quarterback and pass catcher you'd like to see a little bit more, but they were on the field some together. It's not like Ertz has missed the entire camp. Right, and and again, you're right. These are big veteran players who not only have that experience on the field, but in the film room and in the playbook, and and see the game so well and in such a different way that. It's not as concerning as if it were a younger player who really needed those reps in that time out there. If the head coach says he's not concerned, then I'm not concerned. Works for me. At least not yet. Now, if we go next week and then to the week after that, 
to where we're still not seeing some of these players for whatever then we'll reason, talk. then we can revisit this conversation. But the next step for a lot of these players, preseason game number two, Cardinals host the Ravens here at State Farm Stadium. Fox has the national broadcast. They will be calling the Super Bowl as well, so it's a test run for them as well here at State Farm Stadium. 1.30 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. The alternate black helmets, by the way, the new video board as well on the north side of the stadium for fans coming out to State Farm Stadium on Sunday. Of course, the week one opener against the Kansas City Chiefs. So this is something that uh, we'll certainly be paying attention to. And then we talk about week one against the Chiefs. Longtime owner Bill Bidwell will be inducted into the Ring of Honor, the 19th member inducted into the Ring of Honor, his father, Charles is already in the ring of honor. So a great move by the organization. Longtime owner of the franchise and someone who did so much, not only for football here in Arizona, but across the league. So, again, that home schedule is already daunting enough, but now you come and see that ceremony at halftime in week one. Very, very well deserved. It'll be fun, especially come out here against Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs. It's the home opener. Get to see that ring of honor ceremony. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for that, but before we get to week one, we've got to get through this preseason and the second game coming up on Sunday. We've got to let Danny go pack and pack and unpack gotta go and pack, pack from and re- the resort, <laughs> do la- unpack, do laundry, repack for Nashville, and find time to prep for the game somewhere in between there so that our producer, Jim Amahandro, isn't in my ear the whole time telling me what to say because I'm too busy doing laundry. <laughs> Real world problems here. At Cards Camp, packing and unpacking and repacking once again. Danny, appreciate it. We'll let you go uh, and pack and then unpack and then pack again for uh, what's ahead. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.